question is this, how do we get two groups of people to come together? Those that are completely disengaged with what I call their personal physical health status and those people who are in love with their physical health status and doing something about it. How do we bring them together so that everybody fits into the second category of falling in love with their physical health, lowering their risk of disease and feeling amazing? We're going to find out in today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back here to episode number 152. We are about to dive into the daily drop from the new science of physical health. Got one goal, lower your risk of disease and feel amazing. So the new science of physical health and some of the health secrets that are inside what we're gonna talk about here in episode number 152. So direct follow on from yesterday. I am examining another one of the critical diagrams that make up the health lab that's a part of our new pro uh, project, if you like, inside the new science of physical health. So I'm looking at this diagram that's called medical biometrics. And if you remember from yesterday's episode, or if you, or if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, then you'll know that this episode is directly attached to something called a clinic on your wrist. But what, here's the, uh, the, the supposition. I've done a whole mini series on this, and this will be about a 10-minute episode, and the mini-series is available through things like our six courses and our, um, our, uh, our different levels that we have, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So I won't go into all the details about the mini-series, but I want to say this about this critical diagram, because here's the critical question, the critical learning skill. What are the best medical, biomet medical biometrics that you should track to be at low risk. Say it again, what are the best medical biometrics that you should track and to be at low risk? Low risk of what? Cardiovascular events and a cascading effect into a cancer event. I always put a little caveat there because when I talk about cancer, it, I def I'm deferring and cancer and physical activity. So the outcomes on cancer events from physical activity. As you know, if you follow this program, everything I talk about is evidence-based. Not evidence-based from some person who wrote something on the internet. You can tell I'm a little bit forthright about that. I don't believe that a, an article written by one person who may have some kind of degree qualification then qualifies as, as, as medical research. I believe that the best form of medical research about the impact of physical activity on molecular and physical health physiological health adaptations that then lower your risk of a cardiovascular event. The best research must be peer-reviewed and published in medical journals. And here's the other caveat with it. It's got to be repeatable by many, many, many researchers across the entire planet. So if you're asking me, not that you were, but I'm sharing that with you on, on the show, my opinion is that the best form of medical research about the impact of physical activity at a molecular and physiological level to cause health adaptations that drive down your risk of a heart attack or a stroke or end-stage organ failure, cardiometabolic disease, all those things the leading cause of sickness and death, 
the best form of research must be peer-reviewed, must be published in medical journals, must be repeatable or have been repeated, same type of outcomes, same type of conclusions in, by multiple professors, multiple teams of professors from across the planet. These isolated one-off statements, uh, supposed researchers, medical research, that to me, for an educator, doesn't qualify. That doesn't meet my standard because that's just might be one person's bias. But it can't be one person's bias if, this, if a researcher in Auckland, New Zealand, who I know a medical professor down there at Auckland University, I met when I was over in Dunedin in uh, New Zealand at a conference. Um, oh, there goes the clock in the background. I'm just in my beautiful, comfortable chair here rather than in the recording studio today. I've got my budgie in the background. You might hear my bird. Got the beautiful air conditioning. It's hot and it's uh, heading towards uh, Christmas time here in Australia. It's hot. Could you imagine all those people in the Northern Hemisphere? Could you imagine having a Christmas where the sun is belting down? There's not a drop of snow to be found anywhere, and you've got to have the air conditioning on. And after lunch, it's a day in the pool because it's that hot on Christmas Day. That's been my entire life. And for all of those of us who are in the Southern Hemisphere or maybe the equator, that's the life that we've lived. But it's, uh, it's interesting because here in Australia, we get Christmas movies coming out and those Christmas movies always depict snow and depict um, you know, the whole winter experience of Christmas. People like myself, I've travelled to different countries. I've certainly travelled to the Northern Hemisphere, but I've, ne I've never experienced a Northern Hemisphere Christmas because I'm always back here at home in my lovely environment here in Sydney, Australia. So why did I start talking about, the, uh, about that particular topic? Um, I can't remember. But back to medical biometrics. I've lost my train of thought. You probably knew where I was going, and then I went off on such a tangent that I got a little bit lost. But anyway, back to medical biometrics. So... The whole concept here is that what you have been exposed to up until the point of, let's say, the end of 2021, that's the timestamp I'll put on this. Everything you've been exposed to on a massive basis and as far as biometrics are concerned. So when I say biometrics, put on a smartwatch, Apple Watch, uh, Android Watch, Garmin, what are all the other popular ones that are out there. Polar, I mean, you might not have heard of Polar heart rate watches, AmazeFit heart rate watches. Uh, obviously, Apple's the most popular by a long way. All of those smartwatches track different things related to physical activity. Most of them are useless. Just, I'm saying that as an educator because I can back it up. I won't go into why it is, but I can back it up. So, if you want to have... A situation, just pausing for a moment there, I haven't disappeared. If you want to have a situation where you are at low risk of the number one cause of sickness and death, then what you need to do, and that what that obviously cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular events, which could be a health catastrophe, permanent sickness or premature death, those are the two catastrophes that are the worst out of getting cardiovascular disease. Usually what happens is before those two things arrive, the medical profession will try to intervene with some kind of drug therapy in almost all cases. But that's not what I want to do. 
what I want to do as an educator is let's track inside the human body some medical biometrics that are so significant that they cause health adaptations that don't allow your body to get to the situation where you will need to have drug therapy from a doctor to intervene and get your body back to some state of healthiness. Does that make sense? I think it does. So what, is the, what are the best medical biometrics to track? Without question, the number one medical biometric that you should track and anyone you influence should track is called Active Heart Fitness Score. I'm not going to go into that right now, what it is, how you track it, what does it mean for health structural changes inside the human body, you know, vascular remodeling, um, changes in the mitochondria, changes to cardiac output, changes to stroke volume, changes to arrhythmias, you know, do, how does it decrease the chances of a thrombosis, what is a thrombosis, active heart fitness score, the doctors have a different name for it. I used, I've created that name as an educative name, but it, it's, it's, there is a medical term for it. But active heart fitness score is easy to understand. That, that medical biometric sits atop of the tree. How much evidence have I got of that that I bring into the six courses and the health lab, the health coaching lab that we have? I've got truckloads of evidence for that, like huge amounts of evidence for that and if you're a person that likes to read the medical research then we give you that inside the six courses that come with the health coaching lab so the health coaching lab is set up where we have six modules that are called the health coaching lab where we actually coach you live and then we have the six courses that are base camp um, adaptations uh, sorry base camp frameworks health adaptations feedback action and science those are the six courses they're also the six modules inside the health coaching lab and in that and we're now looking at one of those critical diagrams that's in that's inside the feedback section which is module number module number four and that is the active heart fitness score sits at the top because here's what happens and i'll just i'm going to finish out this episode pretty quickly today because i want to give you just an overview of this here, here is what happens. Medic, the medical biometric active heart fitness score. All of the world scientists know, and it's provable, that when you raise that score by using the correct dose of physical activity, we'll come to that too, by the way, but when you raise it, raise your, by the correct dose of physical activity, it will impact other medical biometrics. So like, for example, if you had high blood pressure and you raised your active heart fitness score without using our clinically validated health software, that's the easiest way, then you will drive down blood pressure. That blood pressure score will come down. Here's an example. A person might have a high blood pressure of 150 over 110. That's bad, by the way, really bad. Once you've got clearance from your doctor, and I'll tell you in another episode how it gets that bad, but, and it's to do with the incorrect dose of physical activity, by the way, causing negative health adaptations inside the six courses. I go into this in a lot of detail, and also the health coaching lab. So what ends up happening is that it, uh, if you get clearance from the doctor and you raise your active heart fitness score, 
you will see a linear drop in your high, in high blood pressure. Dr. Eduardo Sanchez, the Chief Medical Officer for Prevention and Public Health at the world-esteemed American Heart Association, based out of Dallas, Texas, said to me in an interview that we that high blood pressure is a nasty, nasty disease. It's a shocker. That's an Australian expression, by the way. You might use it, but that's what we use. It's a shocker. So raising your active heart fitness score decreases your high blood pressure, but it does it to a lot of other things, and here's why. A higher active heart fitness score with the correct dose of physical activity, that's how you achieve it, will impact all of the other medical biometrics that can lead to a heart attack or a stroke. I won't go into the mechanisms of that. That's for another episode. All I want to say is this, that unless you track that medical biometric, which is pretty simple to do, you can join our health software program by getting any one of our tools. And then we'll, we'll make that software available to you. And then we'll have a health coaching lab to walk you through. It's not complex. And that's the best way to do it. And I, I can tell you now, if you don't track that one, then you're putting yourself in a position where you are at a higher risk of having a poor active heart fitness score. And correspondingly, you will have negative blood, high blood pressure, quite possibly and almost invariably other problems with blood vessels, things like endothelial um, dysfunction, things like um, atherosclerosis problems, things like arrhythmia problems, thrombosis problems, ischemia problems. They're all problems of the heart and blood vessels. But you can flip that on its head and drive those problems down, 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 or away totally by having, focusing on not having, or having a high enough active heart fitness score, not athletically high, but medically health-wise high. So there's a difference between athletes. I don't get into anything to do with athletes, only to do with physical health outcomes. Nothing wrong with sports. I love sports. And if you love sports, that's great. But most adults don't play sport. Most teenagers and children don't grow up and play sports in adulthood. You know that. Look at the people you know. Unless you are knee-deep as a pro athlete or a health and physical education teacher like me, you don't know many adults that are involved in sports. I don't want people to be involved in sports. If they love them, do them, because they can get you physically healthy. But that is a poor, provable, poor model towards great population health. The best model, by far, in medical biometrics, concentrate on active heart fitness score. Thanks for joining me. At this episode, that finished quick, didn't it? <laughs> I transitioned straight into that. But thank you for joining me at this episode of The Daily Drop, where we've just touched on this critical diagram. What are the best medical biometrics that you should track and to be at low risk of what? The number one cause of sickness and death worldwide, cardiovascular disease. We're going to push people away from that. And we're going to tell them about these types, these critical diagrams. If you want to get access to any of it, everybody, there's links in the show notes. Thanks for joining me. It is just a delight to share with you. I kind of move around in my chair when I do that because I'm pretty excited. All right, everybody, I'll be sharing with you tomorrow. Bye for now.